0: Hey everyone, it's Alan Schimmel, devops.com, and you're listening to another DevOps chat. In today's DevOps chat, we're going to talk about a company called Semaphore. Uh, their website is semaphoreci.com, and I'm happy to be joined today by one of their co-founders, Marco, and I'm not going to pronounce his last name, well, so I'm going to let him pronounce it himself. Marco, your last name?
1: Anastasov.
0: Anastasov.
1: Correct? That, yes, that's correct. Uh, hi right. Alan and thanks for thanks for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: Thank you for joining us. So Marco, before we jump into semaphore, let's give our listeners a little bit of a little bit of background on on uh, your, you know, who is Marco Anastasov? How did you get here today?
1: Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, so um, my core is you know, I'm a programmer i uh, a mm-hmm. big fan of like um, making, I'm a product guy slash programmer, maybe maybe that's kind of the intersection where I'm at. So I like, um, I like making software products, <clears throat> being doing that kind of almost since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And um, the kind of, when I started being, let's say, a professional is when uh, things were going fast um, on Rails, like Ruby on Rails. Um, you know, web development. Um, And Mm. so I I got into that despite being a kind of C++ nerd myself originally. Um, And um, I just kind of, you know, um, fell in love with ease uh, at which you can kind of make something, you know, put it online, make you know, create something useful for other people. Um, I did a couple of kind of... Uh, non-commercial projects then started a small consultancy with um, With my co-founder Darko who is who is also co-founder of Software now um, And you know, we're both also um, big fans of you know um, Clean code, you know doing things uh, You know software craftsmanship all that kind of stuff and as we kind of grew ourselves professionally in, in that whole area um, it wasn't long till we, of course, realized, you know, uh, the benefits of processes like, you know, uh, it wasn't called really DevOps at that, at that time, like 10 years ago or something. But, you know, we identified, okay, continuous integration is uh, obviously a process that, you know, any kind of, uh, if you really, if you want to keep moving fast as you kind of work on a project, like this is what you, what you got to do. And so um through kind of adoption of these practices in in our own company um and kind of having an eye on um you know an ambition to create um a tool that you know other other kind of developers will also find useful we you know started prototyping and eventually launched for in 2012 and um from that point it was kind of uh, all we do and uh, it's been a great ride so far you know um, leading all the way to today's interview with you.
0: <laughs> sure, hey man, thank you. You know it, it's funny; it's not easy. But when you ask people to tell them about themselves, I mean, you don't want to blow your own horn too much. But you want to tell people what's going, and it, I think you did a good job with it. So let me, before we jump into Semaphore, you you know you mentioned something that I've heard from a lot of other. Hmm developers people in the devops space whether they be vendors practitioners what have you and that is they were doing what's called it devops likes things before we called it devops Mm. you know what i mean and and so um you know were were you into agile was was that something that kind of went with that
1: yeah, I would say yes. Uh, although I never um it was always it's agile itself has always been a bit of a vague concept for me. Like I the first maybe introduction to um to that kind of thought thought space for me was like the extreme programming explained, you know, the mm-hmm. book by Ken Beck, in which like uh, Sure. so it was more like a, practitioners path for me so test and development working in small iterations you know breaking things down uh, being you know um, being ready to adapt to change kind of not you know um, you know, being married to some kind of roadmap and so on so um, it it was definitely something that you know we we um, identified as a, as a good mm, good way to operate um but even before maybe the agile backslash like I don't know, I um I didn't use the word agile myself that much, but
0: right you weren't like doing Scrum or taking Scrum classes and stuff. Not but, really. But certainly sort of the the agile way of doing software development right before we called it DevOps or anything else was was kind of in You know, ingrained in you, if you will, and then so then I always and this is something, Marco. I've asked other people that. So one of the unique things about DevOps is we sort of build on that agile. We build on lean, Hmm. but you know, certainly ops gets involved. Yeah. When did you kind of make that jump as as sort of a, a programmer developer? To say, hey, it's really important we get the ops you know, -hmm. the ops folks, the ops functionality kind of built in there. So, I uh, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So for me, it was about, um, so we, like, I come from a kind of small company environment. Um, Mm -hmm. um, That was kind of my beginning, and and so in that kind of setup, you, um, if you're kind of Being responsible for for a product means that you're also responsible for the operational stuff Um, or that, you know, there is maybe a shared responsibility among developers to some degree, but there's always, you know, somebody who kind of specializes at least on a, for a specific project uh, for doing the operations and um, there is, um, I think it's very, um, healthy kind of for a programmer to kind of be exposed to these things, because you, um, as you kind of experience this, uh, firsthand, you kind of, um, let's say you're, you're ready to, you know, you're not, maybe you don't have patience that much for, for things that kind of get in your way of getting the job done. So, um, if you kind of practice not repeating yourself in writing code, you want to kind of practice the try to practice the same thing when you kind of deal with infrastructure sure. uh, so um, i think that's kind of the line of thought that um brought us the kind of infrastructure as code you know mm-hmm. kind of idea and, and movement and the tools of course um and once you maybe out, grow out of that kind of maybe very small team kind of environment I think what you see, what you uh, what you see then is, um, you know, you see maybe the bigger picture of like um, if you think of continuous delivery as uh, as a broader, ob- you know, objective of being able to uh, deploy anything that you're working on at any point in time as like the ideal state that you want to be in. Um, then, you know, being really good at ops means that, you know, for example, if you, if you're doing microservices, it's not really, uh, you're not really that even agile in the nineties, maybe way, if, if it takes two weeks for somebody to provision you the resources, so you can just get started and write, write the first lines of code in your microservice. So, uh, if that can be reduced to like, you know, um, five minutes or, you know, a matter of, you know, an hour or something. That's, that's really great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, you know, this is something, Marco, again, you know, when, when back when I first started DevOps.com four or five years ago, there was this big debate over is DevOps different at a small company versus at an enterprise. Hmm. And of course there's differences between working at a small company versus an enterprise. Right. In small companies you do wear multiple hats. You do you don't have the luxury of having, you know, a full ops team and a full separate dev team and QA and business architects and and all that kind of you know you don't have that. Everyone pitches in and does what they gotta do. Where in large enterprises you you know, you sometimes do have that stuff. And so obviously there's a difference between them. But at the end of the day, DevOps is DevOps, right? It's it's about, you know, doing continuous integration, continuous delivery, and so forth. So I, I, I think that's a, you know, what you've described is, is a very uh, not out of the ordinary. I, I think that's sort of the... The path, the track that, that these things follow. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think it's about like it's whether you're coming from a small or you're, you're working in a big organization. Ultimately, it's all about um, how do we move fast, you know, so that we just kind of the ideal state is that is when we're all kind of in creation mode uh, mm-hmm. all the okay. time or as much as possible. Sure. And it can happen even you know in a small team as much as I think in a large team that um things things can get stuck in if you maybe um, i don't know pick pick the tool set that's maybe not fit for your needs or you kind of want to reinvent the wheel or um, so. I think that regardless of maybe the team size or the technology stack, um, decisions should always be kind of, okay, what, what will enable us to um, kind of stay focused on you know, creating value uh, versus uh, kind of being maybe in some ways slaves to the tool chain? Got it.
0: Um, all right, so let's, let's jump in a little bit. <laughs> we got off on a bit of a tangent, but let's talk about some of four. Sure. So, what is it? How did that, I mean, I think you've given us a little background on how it can help. Mm-hmm. Talk For to sure. us what, what, what's semo about?
1: Um, so semo is, um, our generally, our mission is to enable teams to um, build great products at high velocity. Um, and you know, we we do that by uh, you know making them as easy as possible to um enable continuous integration and continuous delivery processes in their organization um we've started like way back in um about 6 years ago when we launched sound for initially it was like we were looking at you know the tools available and in like <clears throat> from our perspective um uh, services like github or you know uh, github you can you know you you do a few clicks and you kind of you get your repository you're ready to collaborate with other people um, we looked at um, for example uh, there are already platforms as a service like Heroku for example where mm-hmm. um, again in a couple of commands you you kind of have your entire application up and running and you know you're you're ready to kind of um iterate and you know get something to customers very quickly Um, Mm -hmm. but in the area of for example just um having a scalable continuous integration process um there basically at that point like jenkins was the only tool that's available and um kind of this was initially like scratch your own itch kind of thing Um, but for you know for a lot of people like maintaining and scaling and you know learning how to do all that um, the infrastructure for you know building and testing their code isn't really their you know core business purpose or you know where um, where they kind of create value. so um, our initial goal was like okay can we create something which is as easy to use as for example github but for continuous integration so that you know you just kind of Uh, click to connect your GitHub account, you know, select your repository, and we, uh, in many cases, automatically infer like what the CI build should be and kind of you just, you know, off the ground. Uh, You have the full continuous integration process automated and running in the cloud. Um, And so pretty soon after that, of course, listening to our customers, we, you know, we implemented some um, features that enable uh, continuous deployment um so that you know customers can uh, or open source users can you know um, keep track of releases and uh, manage different different environments um and so what we've you know throughout um throughout the years we've kind of evolved from um, so traditionally it was mostly about when people think about this space as like hosted c i so you know it's kind of like mm-hmm. there's some um and there are you know but at this point there are a couple of options of course um other companies doing uh, the same function um and it's yeah and i think the perspective is like okay it's very but at this point you know 2018 it's pretty um straightforward to kind of automate the testing um using some kind of a cloud service um but that's not like if we go back to um kind of what we also discussed in the beginning like there's um if the goal is to accelerate kind of the entire uh, engineering organization there's more to just running tests you know so um every tech leader wants to um i mean their objective is to deliver bug-free products to customers as quickly as possible um so um we're talking not just about, you know, uh, testing, but also uh, configuration uh, and delivery processes that often involve multiples technology stacks, um, which of course evolve over time. You know, now um, we have, um, you know, container technology, for example, which we didn't have. Change, change the game. Completely change the game. Um, so the way to do this is to you know basically implement continuous delivery uh so that you know step one you automate all the processes and you know step two is to kind of um optimize them um but using um using semaphore uh for automating all continuous delivery processes has so far been um like it wasn't able to support let's say every process that that uh, that's needed so um, this is why um, you know this November we're excited to to present the brand new version of Semaphore which um, is that's Semaphore it, 2.0 right exactly yeah mm-hmm.
0: so so Marco let me let me ask you this you know you I, I think you guys are pretty proud on your website you mentioned your bootstrap um mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting, and when you look at the CI, CD space, there's a lot of great open-source free tools, right? Jenkins, obviously, Mm -hmm. is the obvious one, but CloudBees, of course, has the commercial version, if you want to call it. Circle CI, you know, Travis, uh, what's the other one? City. I forget the name of it. There's, you and I both know, there's, there's several... Pretty popular CICD mm. tools, ARAs, and all of this stuff. What do you think the special sauce is for Semaphore? That if we're talking in our audience is developer heavy, DevOps heavy. Why Why Semaphore versus maybe some of these others?
1: Sure. Um, so we've always been um, focused a lot on uh, speed. Mm-hmm. So, how can we just um, not just provide a tool that automates something for people, but can we give them something, preferably out of the box, so that um, they they just save time comparing to whatever else they were using previously? So, one of the uh, kind of foundational things uh, when you use Semaphore is that um, basically like we we kind of periodically keep measuring this and it always stays <laughs> true is that Samfor is you know twice as fast comparing to all other competitors in the cloud space uh in terms of just pure performance so um this alone can kind of save hours of you know engineering time uh to any team of course it depends on the size of the projects and the team but um, if you kind of think back you know what's the um kind of the fully service, uh, you know, hourly rate of a developer in US is about, you know, 150 bucks. So, um, if you can do something to optimize that, we think it's a huge win. Um, over time, we've kind of made steps forward in terms of like, um, is this somebody from Jenkins? <laughs>
0: Yeah, (laughs) it could be. That that was pretty timely, but no, I think it was something else.
1: Go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, we provide tools that, for example, automatically paralyze the CI builds for projects. So, um, people, which is, you know, large projects from medium or or bigger size teams with, you know, 100 or more uh, developers, they typically have CI builds that run for hours um and the feedback loop you know the kind of a feedback loop where you know in which you find yourself working as a developer in such a project is it's, it's pretty miserable experience so you kind of become defensive you you know you work in long-running branches you don't merge often and you know you, you have flaky tests and so on so um essentially what we've seen from you know when people adopt Semaphore is like if we if they start using our automatic parallelization feature They go from, in some cases, from like over two hours to something like 15 minutes CI build. And it's literally like they they just needed to drag a slider and it worked. Um, So we we try to do things that, you know, really kind of uh, improve the productivity uh, of the teams. And um, so far on the market also, it hasn't been like... um, in for 2.0, we've kind of took um, a lot of kind of learning that we, you know, picked up along the way and from from our customers, especially the the bigger customers. And um, first of all, we made it really easy to create um, complex pipelines for companies that you know needs to uh, model the continuous delivery processes. Um, on the other hand, what what we think it's it's pretty important is that um, so far, the this kind of cloud-based uh, CI and CD tools um, and Semaphore was like part of this, like it's mm-hmm. in fact, we kind of initiated this uh, idea of kind of charging per worker or per concurrent, some kind of a machine that's executing your stuff, your jobs. Um, so with Semifer 2.0, we made a decision to kind of um, provide a service, which is, let's say, truly cloud. So, um, it scales, you know, automatically to your needs. Um, so you only pay what you use and you never really have any waiting time, uh, which is a huge, uh, a huge bottleneck uh, we see in many organizations. You know, they uh, they would maybe purchase some resources on a monthly or annual basis from Semifor or Circle or, you know, some other... Some other product, and it's like if they are, let's say, really busy in a certain period of of, of a day or a week, um, their team, you know, their their CI just doesn't process what they need. So um, we think that with auto scaling, um, developers will always be able to kind of get their their work done um, quickly and you know stay in the zone as much as possible.
0: Got it. Hey, Marco, man, I, I would love to talk to you for another hour about you know, the state of developers. And I, I do think you're right. I, while, while speed is really important as, as a, a benefit or an advantage to Semaphore, I think, you know, we're in a in a, in a world where developers are, uh, you know, the top alpha predator, right, the most mm-hmm. difficult. Kind of choose to fill the hardest jobs to get, giving them an environment that keeps them happy, mm. that keeps them, you know, working if you will, in a in a good way is 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 a huge bonus than, frankly, making them work with crappy tools. I'm not calling anybody's tool crappy, mm. but I'm just saying them the choice. I think developers would would uh, they want to work with tools that make their life easier and make it better, a better experience for them. But we're, we're at a half hour, <laughs> and this was <is> supposed <laughs> to be 15 minutes, man. So we're, we're going to need to end this. Maybe we can pick it up a second uh, in, a, in a, another chat in a couple of weeks or whatever. I'd love let's to. Now, let, let, let's, uh, we'll call around this episode of DevOps Chat. Interesting conversation with Marco Anastasov. That's correct. Yeah. All right. Co founder of Semaphore. The new Semaphore 2.0 is coming out. Check it out. Great tool for CI. Uh, Until next time, this is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com, and you've just listened to another DevOps chat.